new world where flesh-eating zombies run wild. Do you have what it takes to survive? Monsters running outside, skin peeling. Join me today as we look at what would you need to survive a zombie apocalypse? And could you? Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to today's episode. If you managed to make it past the introduction, well then, uh, you're a hero. And you just may be one. So, recently I got into a game called Dying Light. Now, Dying Light came out back in 2015 and I haven't played it up until recently. So, in December, early January 2022, I finally got into it. And as I was playing it, I thought, what would you need to survive a zombie apocalypse? Like, not just being strong, but how would you eat? What medicines would you take? How would you grow them? So... I decided to go down a bit of a rabbit hole and what we're going to look at today is well what you would need to do what type of foods how you'd get them and just this is essentially a dummy's guide to surviving the zombie apocalypse now if anyone's ever seen a uh, zombie land you know he's got like those list of rules i think number one's like double tap there's cardio well you could think of this as like an unofficial like added point to that list Okay, so let's set the scene. You're in your apartment, windows boarded up, zombies outside, you hear them crawling, screaming, screeching, making all sorts of sounds, brains flying everywhere, but you're thirsty. So what do you do and how much do you need to drink? For the first few months of your life, nearly three-fourths of your body weight is made up of water. Then as you age, this decreases. It's due to your body having more fat, and less fat-free mass as you age. But where is it stored? So, water's super important, so it helps us get rid of waste, it helps us metabolize and transport proteins, so it's not just essential just to sort of replenish the body, but it also helps us absorb food that we eat. So, water helps us regulate body temperature, it helps deliver oxygen, and it's essentially before food that's what we need the most according to hh H. michael in the journal of biological chemistry 158 the brain and the heart are composed of 73 percent water lungs 83 percent water the skin 64 percent water and muscles and kidneys are 79 percent even the bones are 31 percent so essentially if you don't have it it's going to be a problem it helps us lubricate joints form saliva but in a pinch, when you're in an apocalypse, you can't go outside, zombies everywhere, remember, never forget. What do you do? And you may have to look at some sort of system that helps you clean the water you do have. So let's look at that. So, water filter acts as a barrier, prevents contamination, purifies it. What can you do? Right, you're going to make your way over to the cupboard. Look for an empty bottle, preferably a two-liter bottle. Grab scissors out of the cupboard, you're going to cut that in half. Okay. Now, what I need you to do, I need you to go over to that pot plant that you never took care of. That's dead. We know it's dead. House plants always die. Why? I don't know. Somehow their brethren outside live and they don't. It's probably sunlight. We'll blame it on sunlight. So, what you're going to do, starting from the bottom, cut a small hole in a piece of cloth and you're going to place that over the opening where the lid would normally go. Then, you're going to add a layer of charcoal. Then sand some small rocks, another layer of sand, and then some more small rocks. And then what you're gonna do is you're gonna hang this from something. You're gonna take your dirty water, or in case of a zombie apocalypse, 
urine i don't think this is for urine you're probably just gonna get pure urine if that's your thing go for it it is the end of the world in this scenario but this is aimed at water it will purify water remove a fair amount of contaminants now if you happen to have something called a live straw then you're great but again water's still gonna be pretty hard to come by okay so water is considered more essential to our health than food so according to the institute of medicine of the national academies recommends that women get about 91 ounces of water per day and men 125 ounces both through beverages and food so without enough water obviously our bodies won't work properly in order to flush out waste they need the water to do that right so without water our temperature won't be regulated our brain might swell our joints won't work properly. We can't run away. We, eventually, we're going to have to go outside to get food somewhere. I don't imagine Starbucks is going to be functioning. Supermarket, probably not. That home homemade garden that you saw on Pinterest that you never took, you know, took an interest in. So we're going to have to use what we have. So what food would have the most water in it? Right. So we'd have cantaloupes, have a super high concentration of water, strawberries, watermelons, basically all water. Lettuce, no flavor, no nutrition. Lettuce is crunchy green water. Aww. The fact that somehow it still exists, I'd love to know what it started as because lettuce to me serves absolutely no purpose. Texture, that's it. Aww. Cabbage, which is essentially the like the big brother of lettuce, you know, a bit more substance, but still basically nothing. And then celery for uh, soccer moms giving uh, snacks to their kids. Manage to go to the supermarket, right? You decide, okay, we need some variety. You see the zombies. These ones aren't that fast, you know. You decide to make a break for it. You run, push past one, jump over the other, slide underneath two that are currently eating someone that just happened to get caught by a zombie. Burst through the supermarket doors. It's empty. It's dark. It's silent. You see nothing in front of you. In the distance, there is an aisle that's lit up. The dairy aisle. Thank God, you say. I've been dying for yogurt. You run. It's Greek. Low-fat yogurt. You decide to take it. Got to get those probiotics. So yogurt's got a high amount of water. Cottage cheese. Pasta. Now, now with pasta, you either have to decide to boil the pasta and eat it and then possibly drink that nasty pasta water or just chew on some crunchy pasta and drink the water. Shrimp, salmon, chicken breasts all contain decent amounts of water. Okay, so we've gone over the effects of what would happen to you if you don't drink enough water. So we've returned from the supermarkets, Lay's in one hand, Haagen-Dazs in the other, low-fat Greek yogurt. <sighs> we do what we can. All right, so now we found that Pinterest link. We've opened it up. We're inspired. God damn it, I want me some tomatoes. But how? Will they grow? Okay, so there are three types of of foods, essentially, of vegetables. Well, plants, to be specific. There's full sun, partial shade, and full shade. So full sun are areas that receive six or more hours per day between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. In northern climates where the sun is weaker, plants requiring full sun prefer eight hours. Then we get partial shade. So partial shade... It talks about areas that only received about three to six hours per day, three to six hours of direct sunlight. And they're moderately shaded during the day. So there may be something that's like half blocking the sun, but there is sunlight falling on them. 
Finally, we get full shaded. Full shaded received no direct sun during the day. So an area with deep shade is obviously not a good place for growing vegetables because plants need sunlight to grow. You knew this already. All right, so we're looking in our cupboards. What can we get? Luckily, we still have that small pot plant. So what can we grab from that? So we're gonna need some good soil. We're gonna need a cool environment. We're gonna need a enough sunlight, you know, if. Also, you want to pick an area where there are no bugs, something that won't disturb the plant's growth because that'll affect how quickly it grows. And in this situation, you're going to need it. Okay, now, imagining that you don't live in a mansion, you're going to have to grow some plants in places that don't have sunlight or may have very little sunlight. So in that case, you look at things like cucumbers, tomatoes, peppers, squash, these are more tolerable of, of shady areas or root vegetables such as carrots or potatoes. Or you might be feeling salady. Indeed, I just said salady. You could grow things such as chard, spinach, salad greens. Now, you're probably going to be eating a lot of vegetables. Although we may want to avoid bugs with our plants, bugs may still turn out to be our friends in some cases. Bugs can be our friends. They're everywhere and they require way less resources than a giant animal, a giant cow that farts. A cow's farts affect the ozone layer. I mean, mine too, but just think of that for a moment. Now, bugs are everywhere, don't require much water, appear out of nowhere. I don't know how they get to be where they are. Anyway, current technology has advanced quite a lot, and before we imagined growing meat in a lab. Imagine not having to kill an animal, that bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, 600-pound cow can live in peace, eat all the grass at once, fart as many holes in the ozone layer as he wants, and not a hair on his pretty head will be touched. Right, well, that may be possible. So, essentially, a possible protein source in the future would be, will be meat grown in a lab. So, the population by 2050 will reach almost 10 billion. And eventually it's going to come to a point and we're getting there where we have more people than space and we're going to need to sort that out. Okay. Okay. So what is this new lab grow meat? Okay. So the concept was pursued for decades and there was a, a researcher called Willem van Elen and he's often referred to as the godfather of cultured meat and is now growing nutrient dense chicken using chicken cells so it takes about 14 days to grow and it ends up producing some minced meat that they form into nuggets okay and there's another company currently in san diego called blue nalu and they're doing something similar but except with seafood and they're choosing to focus on growing fish cells and then they use their own technology that they developed to then artificially grow it and essentially it reduces waste almost all of it there's like it's a huge reduction in waste and the, co the company c currently plans to start producing in uh, 2022 where they'll have a 40,000 square foot uh, pilot production facility in San Diego once they get approval from the U.S. Drug Federation. So, so essentially, they're producing vegan lab-grown meat with bacteria and then they sort of give it a map, right? So we could have lab-grown meat in the future. But... If you don't have a lab or if there's not some evil scientist on your floor, you're probably going to have to look towards other sources of protein, right? So this is where the bugs come in. You ever swatted a fly? 
you ever looked at a worm and thought, ugh, well, you may need to say sorry. Because those bugs, they could be your friends. They could be the last line. Okay, bugs. They're gross. They don't look very good. They're slimy exoskeletons. Put that on the inside. One of the most nutritious bugs that we could get our hands on. Start with mealworms. So they're about an inch long. And they're traditionally grain-eating pests. Although, a 100-gram serving packs 24 grams of protein, whereas 100 grams of lean beef only has about 26 grams. They don't require nearly as much water. And bugs just appear. I think bugs are magic. I think that's what we're getting to. Bugs are magic. I don't understand how they're there. Like, Where do flies sleep? Has anyone asked this? Where do flies sleep? They're there and they're not. What, are they born in the middle of the night and then they die the next night? That's sad. I think let's just go to the next. Someone needs to answer that. Where do flies sleep? We're not letting this one go. I need to know. Okay, so we got crickets. Crickets have about 20.5 grams of protein per 100 grams. Also contain high amounts of potassium. So, you know, when you're running, you won't get those cramps. Um, One study did show that people with high Blood pressure found that consuming uh, the mineral lowered their blood pressure by eight points. So although you may freak out momentarily, your blood pressure could go down. This is not medical advice. Uh, Potassium is also great for reducing bloating, which is caused by sodium in the foods that we love. Again, those lays eat them slowly. Now, we spoke about where do flies sleep? Well, let's not let them get to that point. Let's eat their children. According to the USDA, adults should have about 1,000 milligrams of calcium per day. So this can be accomplished by eating one handful of soldier fly larva. Why soldier fly larva specifically? Great question. Okay, so 100 grams has about 934 milligrams of calcium, which is pretty great. They also have zinc and iron, which is super important because zinc isn't produced in your body, and you're going to need that if you don't want to wither away. And now, finally, we end with... The bug that we all love to hate. The goddamn housefly. Why are they always landing on my food? So there's about 20 grams of protein per 100 gram. So gram for gram, it has six times that of lean beef. They also have high levels of zinc, niacin, and magnesium. Zinc strengthens the immune system and helps the body make proteins and DNA. Niacin, which is also known as B3, Helps the body convert carbs into glucose, which helps us produce energy. And magnesium has been shown to warn off depression, panic attacks, and anxiety. Let's go over that again. B3, essentially, we eat some lays, turn it to some energy. Magnesium, we don't go completely crazy because B3 helps us absorb energy from the food we eat. And magnesium helps us not completely lose our mind. What vitamins are going to be your friends, right? You've just had your breakfast, drank your water eaten your larvae, planted your plants, life's breezy. It's all going well, you know, considering zombies are outside. So you're going to need some vitamin D, my friend. Vitamin D, super important. You want them strong bones? You want strong teeth to crunch on those bugs? You're going to need some vitamin D. You're also, you're also going to need vitamin C. Vitamin C is pretty damn important. Vitamin C. Okay, vitamin C is a powerful antioxidant. So free radicals can build up in your body and they can promote a state known as oxidative stress, which has been linked to many chronic diseases, right? So 
not good. So we don't want that, right? It also has been shown that vitamin C can increase your antioxidant levels by 30%. Also helps your body's natural defenses fight inflammation. So it can help reduce high blood pressure. I mean, you're hearing zombies all the time. Um, but also to help you not freak out a little bit, lower that blood pressure. Also, lower your risk of heart disease. So many factors increase heart disease, including high blood pressure or high LDL, which are bad cholesterol, and low levels of HDL, good cholesterol. So vitamin C can help reduce these factors. So for example, an analysis of nine studies, which combined 293,132 uh, participants found that after 10 years, people who took at least 700 milligrams of vitamin C had a 25% lower risk. Right, so vitamin C is going to be your friend. Now, 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 we are not done yet. You might have one more pill to swallow, and that's going to be zinc. Right, so zinc is super important because zinc isn't produced naturally in your body. So you really, really need this up. It's also critical for our cells to develop. It's also needed for your sense of taste and smell. So while you're going to be alive, you're definitely going to be tasting the bugs, and that's something you're going to have to deal with. Again, it's better than getting your brains eaten. And then finally, if you want them strong bones, you're going to need calcium. So calcium is important for your heart, your muscles, and your nerves to function normally. Which again, these things seem to be keeping you alive, but then if your nerves work normally, you're going to be properly scared once you see a zombie. So it's like, I'm alive, but I'm alive to be scared. But if you don't get enough calcium, children may not reach their full height. Adults may have low bone mass, which is at risk for osteoporosis and weak bones. You don't want that. Now, let's say food runs out. You got to take another trip to the supermarket. See if Starbucks opens. Starbucks will be open. I guarantee you Apple will still be releasing phones. Somehow they will find a feature related to the current environment. I am convinced that Apple is, Apple's water. Bruce Lee said be like water, Apple is water. They will adapt to anything. So you're running, you do your famous slide. You've seen it in movies everywhere, sliding over the hood of the car. Doesn't work this time. You fall, you get an owie. The elbow hurts, it hurts bad. The pain, it's intense. This is an intense pain. You're gonna need drugs, pharmaceutical drugs. You run over to the supermarket, limping, shoving the zombies with one arm, determined to make it through. You burst through the door, fall on the floor, you look up, and there's an aisle of half-empty medicines. Now, which one do you take? Okay, so, the most prescribed drugs currently in America are hydrodicone, which is a painkiller, generic Zoco, which lowers bad cholesterol, help you, you know, live a bit longer, Lysopril, high blood pressure, generic Synthroid, which is a thyroid hormone, and generic Norvisac. So it's a blood pressure drug. So essentially, these are there just to keep your body in check. You know, probably if you could avoid taking pills, that would be great. But bearing in mind that uh, you're in a zombie apocalypse, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. This is day 73. Been eating nothing but bugs, stale water. I'm filtering my pee. But, but there may be hope. So, which country would you want to be in when this all goes down? So first, let's look at the most populous countries in the world. So we got China, 1.4 billion. Second, we got India, 1.3 billion. 
Number three, we got the US, 330 million. Fourth is Indonesia, 273 million. Pakistan is number five, 220 million. Now, we just don't want the densest country. Which countries have the most military? The biggest military size. When that shit goes out, when it goes bang, we need them to be there. So, you'd be surprised to know that the US only makes number seven on the list. The top seven countries with the highest number of military personnel is Vietnam, then North Korea. Don't want the smoke with them. South Korea, seem a bit more chill. India, China, Russia, and then the US. And then number eight is Brazil, number nine, Taiwan, and then Pakistan. The top 10 most populous countries and the top 10 countries with the biggest military. So essentially six countries are with the highest military, also the most populated. So if you're one of those six, you're in pretty good hands. As to how they're going to handle it, I don't know. But they have a lot of guns, so you should be okay. Now, again, it's day 73. It's rough, you know. We're eating, like, wilted lettuce and bug larvae, you know. Nothing's on TV. We've watched everything on Netflix. Somehow Netflix is around? Huh? How fast are these zombies going to move? Like, I'm tired. How much longer are these things going to keep going? So... A fresh zombie would probably still have decent muscle mass, but an older one would have decayed. So, day 73, if these guys are still around, you're probably going to be okay, you know, take a nice stroll. Now, one user on Cora uh, said that in the movie The Zombie Survival Guide, the fastest zombies could barely move at about 1.5 seconds, whereas in World War Z, you just straight up fucked. If, if, if this scenario is taking place in World War Z, this would be a two-second podcast. Bye-bye. The end. Those zombies are no joke. I mean, it took Brad Pitt and a bunch of really smart scientists. This is not. This is for these chilled ass zombies. This is a zombie land zombie scenario. Anything else? Yeah, friend. Good luck. But if we go for a bit of a faster stride, you know, they could be going at like 1.14 kilometers an hour, which again, it still isn't too bad. A brisk stroll. Take that power walk. You'll pass them. You'll be fine friend but i think we're probably going to get a good mix of zombies right we're probably going to get some fast ones we're probably going to get some slow ones you know it's going to be it's going to be a good mix of them now depending on how strong this virus is if it's super deadly it's going to need to be able to spread quickly it's going to have a community need to have a community that isn't immune and it's going to need to have severe symptoms now in this day and age in terms of anyone that's ever existed, we're probably the most prepared in terms of if a zombie apocalypse happens, right? We've watched movies, we've played games, we've done everything. So, like, what would actually happen? I mean, we're going to run out of food pretty quick, right? We're pretty resourceful. If you live close to the ocean, fantastic. If you have a great big apartment, fantastic. But I don't know. I don't know. I think we would be okay in a zombie land scenario. In zombie land scenario, it might be kind of fun. You know, like... There's those businesses that you can go to where it's sort of this like stress relieving event. You go with a bunch of people and they have a bunch of plates and you throw them on the floor and, you know, you just like just blow off steam. It's great. This could be like that. Sort of what they did in Zombieland, you know, it was like upbeat, but like sad at moments. But for the most part, you know, pretty chill. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I think it would be it would be important. We're going to have to be resourceful with our space on the inside um, we're going to have to grow plants at different times of the day, figure out how to filter our water, supplement. If we live on a farm, fantastic. None of the supplies to eat. But yeah, that's been a dummy's uh, guide to a zombie apocalypse. Slow zombies, I have to note. Um, if you have 
an idea of how you would survive it if you do anything different you if you're more knowledgeable about medicine or anything i spoke of which is probably 99 of you uh send me a message tell me where i'm wrong thank you for listening see you next time bye bye